Welcome to Paradise in the Pines, a podcast about the people, places, and stories that make this the home of American golf. Brought to you by the Pinehurst Southern Pines Aberdeen Area Convention and Visitors Bureau. Okay, cool. And welcome back to Paradise in the Pines. I'm Phil Wurz, President and CEO of the Pinehurst Southern Pines Aberdeen Area Convention and Visitors Bureau. And we're joined today by Janine Driscoll, great friend of the Pinehurst area and of the CVB. Uh, she is the brand communications director for the USGA, United States Golf Association. Janine, great to see you again. Phil, it is amazing to see you. And uh, what a great studio you have here. This is fantastic. Wow. Yep. We love it. Uh, and thanks to Joe Brown, the executive director of the Bradshaw Performing Arts Center at Sandals Community College. We've got a great uh, studio set here. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, we certainly hope everybody's listening on the podcast as well. So, I mean, your history, Janine, with, with Pinehurst goes back quite some time. Give us a little thumbnail sketch of how you discovered Pinehurst. Yeah, I came to Pinehurst uh, right around 1996, and I'll be the first to tell you, I came kicking and screaming. I wasn't a big <laughs> golfer. I had uh, people in my family and people that I was with at the time that were in the game of golf. And I was living in Charlotte at the time, and I just couldn't imagine living in this small town and really being happy as a young person. But shortly after I, I came to the area, I got a job with uh, Pinehurst Resort. That was mm. in uh, right around 2000. I had helped an organization with their corporate hospitality at the 1999 U.S. Open. I was on the... Uh, on the porch of the members club watching Payne make that putt and I was hooked and I really wanted to be a part of the energy and the action that was Pinehurst and was this amazing U.S. Open. So worked for the resort for 10 years, then uh, worked for um, after Club Corp and the, the five resorts that we owned at the time and then ended up working for Billy Casper Golf out of D.C., okay. working for public and daily fee golf courses, and then was recruited by the USGA in 2014 right at the back-to-back. So really, honestly, that, that one memory that I have of being on that porch watching pain and being at the USGA right now, it's a dream come true. It's interesting you mentioned when you first arrived uh, in the late mid to late 90s in Pinehurst, about the same time that Tom Pashley, the current president of Pinehurst Resort, arrived. It's kind of interesting as contemporaries and, and arrived around the same time. I asked Tom in a previous episode, you know, what was it like to be basically on the front porch of of history? And when Payne in 99, you mentioned that. What was it like when you came here versus what Pinehurst is now? Yeah, well, it's evolved exceptionally well. It's amazing to me, even as I left seven years ago to join the USGA and to be in New Jersey and what it is right now. Pinehurst and the USGA and Pinehurst and golf have been synonymous since 1895, really in 1900 when the first golf courses were built at the resort. But what you are seeing now is just this incredible energy behind golf and behind public golf and behind resort golf as golf is um, enjoyed by the masses more than 24 million golfers um, throughout the country and 50 million throughout the world and so what I believe started off as uh, 
the the very beginnings of golf in America in the 1900s, Pinehurst being at the start of that, and then seeing the youth, seeing the next generation of golfer come through Pinehurst. And it's almost a rite of passage. I I loved watching the North-South when I was here Mm -hmm. and then seeing those same kids go through the U.S. Junior, go through the U.S. Amateur, go through the U.S. Open, and all of a sudden you're seeing them on the stage when you saw them at the beginning of their career. That's what Pinehurst is. It's an incubator of incredible talent. But it's also just a great place to live, great place to raise a family, great place to visit. And leaving this area and then coming back to it after seven years has just reinforced why I love this place. It's interesting, too, that you work for the USGA in New Jersey, and and yet you come back uh, to this area, and then the USGA on September the 9th, 2020, in the midst of a pandemic. And I heard the announcement made in... You guys kind of wrestled whether or not to make that announcement in the midst of a pandemic, but you make the announcement that really was a total game changer. We've used that phrase a lot to talk about USGA building the second headquarters here. Talk about what went into making that decision uh, and the comfort level on that day to make that decision in the midst of a pandemic that really is going to change the face of Piners forever. Uh, and, the, and the face of the USGA as yeah. well. Really, we have one headquarters right now inside New Jersey. We're about 30 miles due west of New York City. And the USGA was founded in New York City. So our our heart and our, our organization really is connected with Northeast Gulf. And if you think about uh, James Walker Tufts, who created Pinehurst, and Donald Ross, who came to the Northeast, you start to understand why the USGA would be based in the Northeast and and specifically uh, where we would end up in New Jersey. We have this beautiful campus up there. It has three buildings. It has a test center, it has an administration building, and it has our USGA Golf Museum and Library, the, the foremost library and museum uh, in sports and in the world. It is exceptional. What we found out over time are a few things. Number one, Being in uh, farm country of New Jersey, while incredibly bucolic, from a museum perspective and really giving people um, an idea of what is in our very deep collection, it's hard getting people to the museum because we have so much competition from an entertainment perspective inside New York City. Mm -hmm. We're competing with the museums um, that are in the city as well as Broadway and all of the entertainment complexes. So that one was certainly one. Number two, we needed to rebuild our our test center. Um, Many people don't know that there are only two test centers in the entire world, and every single golf ball, every single golf club, any implement related to the game of golf is tested for conformance to the rules of golf, and that only happens in the U.S. through the USGA and in the U.K., uh, in Scotland through the RNA, our right. partners in governance. So those are the only two facilities in the world. And for quite a long time, the USGA was only the ball conformance testing um, center in the world. The RNA has just built one right now uh, within the last couple of years. That building, you would surmise, highly technical, PhD-level right. researchers, engineers, yeah. technicians, 
that are testing all of the aerodynamic qualities, everything that we love about why a golf ball travels through the air. A lot of Bryson DeChambeau's. Not, <laughs> They're just like no lie. So mental He's, about <laughs> He has been such a, a good partner and friend of ours because uh. of of his technical mind. He likes to push the limits. He And, and the scientists and the researchers in the test center are, are, are those same people. Yeah. You know, they are just so interested in the science of golf. That test facility um, is in grave need of disrepair, uh, a grave need of repair, excuse mm-hmm. me. It is, it's an old and aging building, and we had a choice to make, whether or not we would rebuild it up in New Jersey or whether we would seek new places. And we have been looking at the perfect spot for some time. You would imagine maybe we'd go to California right. where all of the major manufacturers are. We, we have looked at a variety of sites But what we loved about Pinehurst, number one, is the more than one million visitors that you have here that give us an opportunity to expose our museum, our collection, what we do for the game, our relationship with your golf courses, not only Pinehurst Resort, but Pine Needle, Mm -hmm. CCNC, all of the courses in this area that have held national championships. And third, the ability to build a state-of-the-art test center here through support that we got directly through the state of North Carolina, through Partners in Progress in Moore County, economic development funds that will help us build the most exceptional testing and equipment center in the world that we believe. And we want to build it right here. So partnerships with Pinehurst, partnerships with the community, the ability to expose our our uh, our library and our museum collection to fans far more than we could do in New Jersey. All of those things were exceptionally important to us. And we use the tagline at the CVB, we're the home of American golf. And that, that announcement and that decision to move the second headquarters here, the testing center, the green grass, uh, uh, everything else. I mean, it really legitimizes that we are truly Pinehurst, Southern Pines, Aberdeen area is the home of American golf. You got it. And uh, our team, our USGA team, of course, we already have 15 people that are here that have been running our championships. But in 2022, this year, you're really going to see this influx of people from our test center, from our research research team, our green section team that are that are going to call the Pinehurst area home. And they're pumped up because it is the center of golf that they can focus on and that will give them energy for their very important work in the game. Well, having worked up north uh, when I worked at ESPN, and I hate snow and I hate the cold, and I lived in D.C., and I don't like the cold, how much did you have to twist people's arms to move from New Jersey to Pinehurst? I understand there were 15 people already here, but there are 35 more, so it'll be about 50 people from the USGA once all said and done and that facility opens at the campus at at the resort. Yeah, you got it. Oh, goodness. There's there's a line of people that want to come to this space <laughs> that we don't have room for. The uh, the campus, we have about 350 employees uh, around the world, and uh, 50 to 60 of them will be based here in Pinehurst at the campus, and there's a lot more that wish they could. So I, I can't tell you how energized they are. Many of them um, have already looked for homes, have already yeah. looked at schools, have already looked at all of the things that you need to look at in order to, to rebase here. But 
goodness, there is so much energy about Golf House Pinehurst, not just internally, but externally for our corporate partners, for our players, right. for um, just about everybody in the game. We couldn't be more than excited about it. So kind of paint the picture here as we get into 2022. Construction will start on the campus. There are the two buildings that will be constructed. I understand everything has to be done because of the incentives and tax breaks that the USJ has received. Uh, need to have everything done by the end of 2023. So when, we, when we're at the U.S. Open, talk about what that campus is going to be like. If I'm coming to the 2024 U.S. Open, what am I going to see? What am I going to get to experience? Oh, you're going to love it. Um, so yes, we are on track to uh, break ground next uh, 2022, May, June of mm-hmm. 2022. This year is what we're really looking at. And, and we're then, looking at a, uh, an onerous rendering here yeah. if you're watching on a, on YouTube Great. here, what that building, those buildings are going to look like here. I'm Impressive. so glad that you've shown this. So if you're looking at, at this particular drawing, the building on the left is the test center. Um, on the bottom, that's where our research and, and technical team will be located. And we've created these windows so that you can peek in and see exactly how we test equipment and that's awesome. all of the whiz-bang um, uh, technology that we have that is super exciting. And then on the top floor is where um, our offices will be located, very open air, um, very light and bright, and the team is really looking forward to that. And then if you look at the building that is over to the right, that's where our welcome center will be, where we'll have some museum space, and then there's some event function space up on the top. So you're coming in to the U.S. Open, number one, you'll be coming straight to the clubhouse of Pinehurst Resort, and you're going to see it on your right-hand side. Hopefully, you're going to look at those buildings and think that it has always been there because that's the way we designed yeah, it. We wanted beautiful. it to blend into the architectural elements of, uh, of the village. To the rear of the building is where you're going to see an event lawn. So there might be, um, we have corporate partners that I'm sure are going to want to use that event line for for gatherings. We plan to use that event lawn and the space uh, up above the second building to the right for member events, for opportunities for the community to touch and feel our trophies, our our great moments in time, and hopefully to connect directly with our champions. We have so many incredible, Bryson, John Roms, just the Michelle we so many incredible champions in the game that we can entertain at this specific spot and then we also hope that as you're driving past it you're you're going to see people that are sitting on rocking chairs on the porch people that are going to be up on the on the top level um, just sitting down and uh, ha- having a beverage, just really enjoying <laughs> the atmosphere. Great. If you think about what that second floor is going to look like yeah. as you're looking out onto the golf course and being able to look out um, into the entire campus of Pinehurst, I think you're going to find there's going to be a lot of energy. And, and you also see all these pathways, so you'll be able to, and we want people to be able to walk past it on the front and, again, the pollinator gardens that are uh, at the back of the facility. And, of course, people, when they see this under construction, will also see not a USGA facility, but a Pinehurst Resort facility, the new Lodge Hotel, I think 34, 36 uh, boutique hotel room facility uh, with meeting space and a bar, locker room. So it will definitely be a change, but a more a really welcome change, and it really blends into the, the – um, 
the beauty beauty of the Pinehurst area and the resort well. No doubt about it. It's um, it it is going to feel uh, like it has always been there, but it's going to feel such an integrated part of the entire resort that you are just going to feel that the USGA and Pinehurst Resort and this community are all one. And we talked, and you live here in the community, so we have get a chance to talk, but yeah. I didn't realize the testing center, I thought it was obviously where you're going to test the golf clubs and golf balls, but it is going to be something, an interactive, where people can go in. Uh, from what I understand, it will be for, for people to go in and, and actually test as well. There, there will be moments where people from the public can get in. Of course, when we are actually testing uh, golf balls and clubs, you can only imagine it has to be completely right. climate controlled. It has to be completely um, in sync with the facility at the RNA so that we um, have very clear testing controls and testing protocols. Um, but for those times that we're not <clears throat> actively testing, we will give people an opportunity to be able to walk through and to be able to see exactly how we test golf balls and how, how we test um, golf clubs. The, everybody talks about Iron Byron. We're also going to have yeah. an outdoor testing facility out by the driving range um, at Pinehurst. So Very there'll cool. be an opportunity for people to see um, how, how we how we test distance and how we test um, aerodynamics uh, from the outdoor testing center. And then eventually we hope to build a greenhouse back in the back of the property um, to be able to cultivate new and sustainable turf grasses for the game. As you know, the USGA is, is the foremost authority on sustainability in the right. game. So just a lot going on. Yeah, there really is. You're going to see a lot more than just a championship. You're going to see how the game of golf works and how we support the game of golf and have for the last hundred years. And we certainly appreciate everything the USJ does for the game of golf and what they're going to do for the community of Piners. It's, it's going to be phenomenal. We cannot wait to see everything happen and everything take shape. How cool was it, though, to be able to make this announcement as the USGA transition CEOs from Mike Davis to, to Michael Wan, uh, I'm sure it had to be great, very gratifying for Mike Davis to uh, to see this happen. In fact, it was really cool that he mentioned at the press conference that it was like coming home. Because I get I, people mention to me, it's like, well, how, how did this relationship happen? How did you make it happen? I mean, they think the relationship with the USGA was just recent or since 99 with Payne Stewart. But this goes, the relationship with Pinehurst and the community of Pine, Pinehurst and the USGA goes way back. I mean, decades. So uh, how cool was it to have Mike be a part of that before he transitioned uh, and gave up the reins to Mike Wan? Yeah, Mike Davis is a, a lover of golf history and golf architecture. And so it is no surprise that Mike Davis would absolutely love this area. He um, was a great fan of Richard Tufts, who you know was the third president of Pinehurst, but right. was also the USGA president. He and the creed to the amateur, which we still live by today. And so m many things that shape the game of golf came from Richard Tufts, who lived here. And Mike has always had great respect for that. And he has also had great respect for the golf courses that are in this area and the variety of architectural designs that exist. He was a big fan of Donald Ross, so it shouldn't be any surprise that Pinehurst Number 2 and um, Pine Needles and Mid Pines 
And then as we're going into Southern Pines Country Club, wouldn't be favorites of his. So he, I think we all felt, and Mike certainly at the beginning of his career as the executive director and then CEO, to to see Payne Stewart um, win here right before um, he he certainly took that office, but. He, he was so integrally involved in the 1999 U.S. Open, and he was so involved, and it really was his passion to have the back-to-back U.S. Opens uh, mm-hmm. in 2014 because he felt passionately that we could design a, a championship to make the men and women play equally and to be able to design a a championship experience for both men and women to test them at the highest levels of the game. So many of his greatest moments through his career at the USGA, not only as the executive director, but as the CEO, and and even before that championship director were formed at Pinehurst. So no doubt that that Mike loves this area and continues to love this area and will always be a fan of it. Moving forward, Mike Mike Wan, what an exceptional, visionary, um, empowering, and just energetic leader. I, I can tell you unequivocally that the Pinehurst area is going to love him. Um, the first time that I sat down with him after he was in the chair was right around the, the junior amateur and um, he was really coming in for the first time as a Pinehurst, I mean, excuse me, as a USGA person and not an LPGA person because, right. of course, yeah. you know, we've, we've had women's, women's Opens here before. And it, he, it, he's so energetic about what we are planning, not only for the test center and for our research team, but the championships that we are bringing to this community and the way that we can engage this community in all new ways. He is looking at Pinehurst um, as a way to really grow the game and for the USGA to really connect with golfers, which we all want to do because we have that opportunity here for people to really understand what the USGA does for the game that um, we just don't have as much fan exposure to uh, up in New Jersey. So this gives us an opportunity to talk about how we unify the game, how we showcase the best golfers in the world, how we govern the game, and how the USGA, first and foremost, is advancing the game far into history. And uh, I can't wait for him to be here and for you to talk to him. And we can't wait either. And we look forward to what he's going to do. He did, did, as you know, great things for the LPGA. And, and, uh, and at that announcement in September 2020, we've got U.S. Opens here in Pinehurst in 24, 29, 2035, 41, and 47. So we look forward to perhaps Mr. Juan announcing some future women's opens and U.S. amateurs, other things like that. So uh, as we dovetail into 2022 and talk about the women's open, it returns to Pinehurst Lodge and, um, and Golf Club uh, in Southern Pines uh, be the fourth time, and nobody's hosted more. I think that speaks well, especially for where the U.S. women's open is going to go in the future, that Pine Needles will host its fourth U.S. women's U.S. Open. Um, so uh, we're really excited about it. Uh, talk about uh, coming back to Pine Needles and what that means. Uh, it's been a while uh, since you've been to Pine Needles, so it's great to see the USGA return there. It couldn't agree more. 
In fact, as somebody who lives in Southern Pines, I am so excited to be able to show the world what Southern Pines is all about and how Southern Pines has evolved, the the sister city to Pinehurst. There's no doubt that the USGA um, loves the historic connection of Peggy Kirkbill to Mm -hmm. Pine Needles and what she has done for the women's game and we love coming back here because we love telling her story and we love telling the story of those women, both in the amateur world and in the professional world, who have shaped the game for, for women for centuries. Um, you know this, our first women's championship for the USGA was in 1895, the same year right. that we had the US Open and the USAM. So we have always promoted the women's game, but... It gives us an opportunity to just I- embrace this story and to be able to to push this this great vision of what the game will continue to be as more and more women, young girls, children are entering the game for the first time. But really, it, it's the bones of, of Pine Needles and that golf course and the ultimate test that it can provide to the best players in the world that excites us. It is an exceptional golf course. It tests every component of your game and it encourages players to to really think on their feet. And that is really the signature of the U.S. Open. It it is about the grind. It is about um, putting it all on the line and performing at the very best level of the game. And I think we've had so many women's opens here and so many opens here, Phil, that people forget that these are national and global championships, and especially for the U.S. Women's Open. It is the best in the world. It is the one that every little girl wants to win, every woman on the professional tour, every amateur wants to win. It has the biggest prizes uh, related to the women's game, and it is where they test their game to the best level of their ability. And they're coming from all over the world. And you know that we this international field that we draw from the U.S. Women's Open is because every player across the world recognizes that it is the very best of the best, and they want to win it. So I am so excited to bring it back to this community. We bring it to communities all over the country. It is the U.S. Open for women. It is the highest (laughs) pinnacle of the game. And um, to bring it here and to bring that international group here um, to to this area and to bring it to North Carolina is awe-inspiring. I mean, you should not miss it. And we're looking forward to the spotlight being shown once again on Pine Needles. And as Mike Davis said during that press conference in September 2020, Pine Needles always crowns a tremendous champion. Um, go back to Annika Sorenstam, and, and hopefully she's coming back. I know she's qualified because she won the Senior Women's Open, uh, but she is not She's not entered officially. What We can't imagine her not trying to come back here and win at Pine Needles again 25, 26 years later. And then you had Kari Webb and, and Christy Kerr that won there as well. So tremendous champions. Uh, and when you look at the current field, you know, where Annika is going to compete against Nellie Korda and, and all the great tremendous women, Alexi Thompson, who, you know, 
came close to winning an Olympic club last year. And can she come back? This is where she played her first major, I believe, uh, was at Pine Needles. So a lot of great storylines with the U.S. Open, U.S. Women's Open this year. You have to be able to look at the field and remember, you know, even though we have a series of exemptions where people can get in just through their play, you have to remember the journey that these players take through qualifying. They yeah. have a grind before they even get to the final field. And that story alone is inspiring. And I, I usually go through the list um, as I'm watching qualifying and just looking at these these great American stories, because as you know, it's a truly an open. Anybody that uh, that has the handicap requirement can try and qualify. And, and to see their journey to make it into the field. If, if you remember the history, you remember people like Morgan Pressel, who, yeah. who could compete at a very, very young age because she had game and she could, she could compete at the highest level. And those are the Cinderella stories that we love about the Open Championship. They're the, the, the incredible women that are just in their zone and have grinded it out and they have been um, competing and preparing for their U.S. Open moment and they finally get here and you always see surprises I mean just like the U.S. Open when you had Jason Gore who just kind of yeah. rose up through the through the ranks that's the open that's that's the energy that you feel there in addition to the exceptional talent that um, is around the world Truly, uh, you you just have to watch their swings, their their incredible gift that they have around the greens, that their driving ability, all of that really comes into play, as well as their their mental strength, right? And that that's what makes a U.S. Open so incredible. And that course is tremendous and a great test. I mean, an original Donald Ross design, but Kyle France redesigned that in recent years. Women's U.S. Open hasn't been there since 07, but you got a little bit of a preview during the senior, the second annual That's or right. second senior women's open with Helen Alfredson winning that one. Um, and, you know, scores are typically going to be, you know, USGA kind of one under, two under, that, that kind of score. Give us an idea. I mean, you obviously know all the players and have an idea. Uh, Nellie Corder is number one in the world. She's going to be a favorite. Maybe name two or three players you think game kind of suits uh, what we're going to see at Pine Needles uh, this June. Oh, that's a really hard one, Phil. There's so many people that have such a incredible talent that I, I, I don't even want to <laughs> I don't even want to pick because I am constantly surprised by the US Women's Open, but and the US Open, but what I will tell you is keep an eye on what is happening in April and May mm -hmm. and look at the at the world golf rankings and see how many people are playing exceptionally well because it's really not about career it is really about what your season has been and how you're leading up to performing at the highest level of the game. We always watch uh, the majors and we're always watching where people are just grinding it out, especially going from a Saturday into a Sunday. Are you able to have the, the physical ability and the mental ability to just stick with your game? So yeah. I, it, there will be crowds behind a lot of favorites, you know, you, and, and you know who they are. And at the Court of Sisters, I mean, especially Nellie, playing an exceptional 
an exceptional game. And people like Brooke Henderson and, and even Michelle Wee coming in, you could see them just really make a run for it. And then I, I wouldn't discount any of the players, the international players, because there's so much young talent there. You can see the champions that have come through um, our U.S. Women's Open. And these are very, very dedicated players who have formed a strategy to win. And it, it's amazing to see how they're able to excel through. And, um, yeah, I, we can't pick any favorites. But there's – trust me when I say it is going to be exciting. Once you get to the cut on Friday and then Saturday and Sunday – is really where you see the action occurring and you start to see champions emerge who um, who leave the others behind in the dust because they're just that good. And that's what I love seeing. Saturday is such an exceptional day. We expect a great test. And one thing about this destination, this community, is they are very supportive of golf. You will see a tremendous amount of support from this community. Uh, we also encourage people to go to USGA.org and buy tickets, uh, daily tickets or tickets for the week. The U.S. Uh, Women's Open is June 2nd through the 5th at Pine Needles Lodge and Golf Club. It's going to be a tremendous test. Um, you mentioned you live in Southern Pines. So, you know, we know people from around the world are going to come here to experience as players and spectators alike. So if I'm coming to here and I've never been to Southern Pines Piners, outside of coming and watching a great championship, what am I going to do? What should I go see when I leave the championship and yeah. go venture into the streets of, of our destination? Well, first of all, make sure you buy your tickets early because they're going to go very quickly. And I'm going to put a big plug in for the Bell Pavilion because that's our VIP yep. tent. And trust me. Early June, you're going to want to be in that spot because it's exceptional. There's some upgraded foods. There's, it's just going to be the spot to be in. So if you want to be where all the, the cool people are hanging out, make sure <laughs> that you get into that Bell Pavilion early because that's going to sell out very quickly. Um, Southern Pines. I mean, uh, Pine Needles, Mid Pines, built um, on, on this side of Moore County, Phil, you know this. I mean, there's so much energy in Southern Pines, and I, I just had all of my colleagues that are moving here um, n next year um, into the area, and they see Pinehurst, and they see the resort that is there, and they're awed by it, but they're also looking at where the locals are, and yeah. I will tell you, the locals are in Southern Pines. Um, it's, it's such... Um, it has such great energy, and I'm seeing that for the first time since moving back uh, after seven years. The breweries, the the wine culture, the the beverage culture, the <laughs> um, the music culture yeah. that is uh, um, the the night scene that is in Southern Pines is by far the best. Um, and it's all within walking area, so you can... And some exceptional restaurants as well. A absolutely, absolutely. You have great um, foremost steakhouses combined with uh, exceptional dining at Ashton's and then really casual dining at, uh, at Chapman's and, and so many other places. Breakfast spaces, lunch spaces... Mm -hmm just about anything that you could want. And, and all very family-friendly. I, I think people don't really understand, number one, how family-friendly the U.S. Women's Open is. Kids 12 and under right. get in free with paying parent. 
and that is uh, the, the atmosphere, the family atmosphere um, is something that is exceptional. But once you go into Southern Pines and you're going to Betsy's Crepes and, you know, my kids love, you know, getting a, a Nutella and whipped cream crepe and, <laughs> and that is delicious. So um, lots of shopping, just there's just a great vibe and a great energy and it's so welcoming. People are just so excited to see you in the community. And I hope everybody gets a chance to see that. Well, I got to tell you, it's been a, a great conversation, Janine. It's always great to see you. Uh, thank you so much for everything the USGA does for this community and for the game of golf. Uh, we've got great future ahead in this destination with, with Pinehurst, uh, and, and we look forward to everything that's going to be brought to this destination. Really appreciate that, Phil. It's because of your good work with the CVB in really elevating this community to a global stage that has made it super easy for the USGA to come here to call it home and to just keep bringing more great championships so the fans can come to us instead of us going to them. So I can't wait to see what the future is going to hold and the sky is the limit. We're just getting started. That sounds great. Janine Driscoll, uh, Director of Brand Communications for the United States Golf Association. Thanks for being here today, and we'll talk again soon. Sounds great. Thanks again, Phil. And this is Phil Wurz from the Convention and Visitors Bureau, and this has been Paradise in the Pines. See you next time. Thanks for joining us for Paradise in the Pines. Subscribe with your favorite podcatcher. To see more episodes, go to our YouTube channel at Home of American Golf. For more information or to book your bucket list getaway, visit homeofgolf.com. Thanks for checking us out and see you soon.